All right. We're going to see Morbius. Talk to me. Oh, like our early thoughts here? Yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this is, no, this is fun. Is, I like this. What, what you have you brought to the Korean barbecue, with Andrew? <laughs> Look, this is... Just forget about the restaurant. We're all at the restaurant. Okay, okay hang fine. on. Hang on. I'm, what I'm really excited for is I'm, I'm excited for the main character, Michael Morbius, to say I'm Morbius. Oh, you want him to say it? Yeah, I want him to say I'm Morbius, as if that means something. Mm-hmm. What if he says we're Morbius and then it's the two of you together? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're in the movie. That's Venom. Oh, oh that's yeah, true. That's true. true. Morbius is the he's a vampire, right? He's the yes. one who fights you're, Dracula. You're very right? you're very prepped for this. Yes. Morbius is not a real vampire, remember. He's a weird science vampire. Now, the thing I'm most excited about to see is will he end up calling balls and strikes in a baseball game? Why would... What, what joke Sorry. exactly are you doing? Shane's spilling everything and Austin's making jokes I don't even understand. He's Morbius the living umpire. <gasps> I regret <laughs> this entirely. Did you buy... You bought a Sure MV88. <laughs> don't talk about the money I spent today. Okay. Wait, okay, wait. The thing I'm most excited for about the movie is the part where he takes a strip of paper yeah. and then he cuts it and he tapes it like in a twisty pattern so that it never ends. God. Then it's a Morbius strip. Okay, well, this is... This is... A colossal failure. The idea the idea of having a cold open for our podcast that we record at the Korean barbecue before seeing Morbius and maybe getting drunk a little bit uh, seems to have been a failure. I'm so sorry. This isn't going anywhere. Welcome. It's the Infinite Backlog. It's uh, it's, the, it's the chronological tour through the best and most noteworthy Marvel movies. And we're seeing a really good one, and we're standing outside the Korean barbecue, and we're about to go watch this horrible movie. Talk to me. This is Austin. Austin's a co-host. Hey, uh, Rory's sick, I think. Uh, yeah. So I'm filling in. This is this is Infinite Backlog at the movies. <laughs> Shane, here's Shane. Hi, did you know Matt Smith is in this movie? Did yeah. you know that Shane is live Googling who Morbius is as we speak? Shane, um, you've read more comics about Morbius than I have. Did, did <laughs> Hang on, wait. So there's two Jareds in this movie. Do you think that's confusing for them? I bet that would be confusing. We're about to go to Jared <laughs> times two. Okay, but there is a Jared around the corner. Uh, we are literally looking at at a Jared. Um, at <laughs> yeah, we're live. We're live ball. on the scene, everyone. Uh, yes, I'm Andy. If I hadn't already said it, we are. We're doing a really stupid episode of this podcast, and we're going to see a really bad movie. It has a 16 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Really, that low? It's a 16, and the audience score, I think, is at a 60 or a 65. But those that means nothing. That means, I mean, in, at this point, the only people who've seen Morbius is the official Discord for Morbius. <laughs> Do you, do you not normally trust 
people reviews over critic reviews? I mean, when when the critic review is a 16, I have I, I have to give a little bit of tempering here. Well, I mean, it's not going to be Blazing Saddles or whatever that other movie you like is. Raging Bull. Raging Bull, you found it. You figured <laughs> they, it out. They're very similar. Though. <laughs> they're very similar. Look, okay, we're going to go see this dumb movie. We've had a non-zero amount of alcohol. Yeah. We've had some, some sake, some soju. It was it, it was a good call. Yeah. We're not walking into this sober. Some marinated beef. It was a great time. <laughs> I highly recommend it. I do and love now, marinated beef. We had to do something good before we do something extremely ill-advised, which is watch Morbius in the theaters during a pandemic. Yeah, it's a poor choice. Yeah. If we die, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Can you imagine contracting the corona at... <laughs> The novel the, coronavirus. The novel coronavirus at the Morbius movie. Some of us have already had all the variants, so... You're collecting them all like Pokemon. You I do. already finished my collection. I got my stamp. Uh, hey, all right, we're going to do some sort of weird transition, and then it'll be tomorrow when we talk about the film after we've had a sleep and we're sober again. So, uh, wish us luck, I guess. Uh, take a bite out of this movie. That's not the transition. <laughs> okay, so I definitely lied. We were going to wait until tomorrow to talk about it, but... We, <laughs> we have to talk about it right now. We have to talk about it right now. We we're have in to the, talk about it. We're in Austin's car. We just walked out of Morbius. <laughs> yep. We are gathered around Andrew's microphone in my car <laughs> as it rains, uh, and we've seen the film. We've seen the film. Shane... I don't. I, no, I take that back. I don't want to call it a film. It was a series of images we watched for almost an hour. It was an hour and forty-five minute long montage. Right. Uh, Shane, give us a quote from the film. <laughs> um, I'm starting to get hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> That's word for word for word, which I, I believe is already a joke they did in one of the Hulk movies. Oh, so. Already covering great Marvel ground here. <laughs> Morbius! We it, watched it! It was literally ten, like 10 minutes after I leaned over to Andy and went, wait, are, are we watching the Hulk? Yeah. Can I... <laughs> actually, here's, here's, a, here's a probing question. We don't want to do this for very long because we're going to do a whole episode, but can you find one nice thing to say about Morbius tonight? I'll, here's one nice thing I'll say about Morbius. I enjoyed... The sequences, the very brief sequences where Michael Morbius, a scientist, is sort of doing science on himself to kind of understand his vampirism, I didn't hate it because mm. it was kind of the only time there was any sort of character-based action happening, right? Something based on somebody's background and they were doing something for that yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my thing that I want to mention right now this evening that keeps bouncing around in my skull is when <laughs> you talk about him doing science on himself, there's a scene where... He's kind of got this other doctor woman who's like furniture in this movie, mm-hmm. and she, <laughs> they're they're hiding out together near the end of the movie, and she cuts her finger on accident, and he gets all like <laughs> about the blood, and they, there's a there's an awkward cut, and later we see them both on a rooftop, and she shows him her freshly like I guess bandaged up <laughs> finger, and she, and he goes, "Nice work, doctor," and she goes, "Thank you, doctor." <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the problem. Most, 
most of this movie is not even laugh at it bad. No. Like it's not even it's not the room. It is not like oh watch and you'll laugh at the hilarious badness. Oh, he kind of looks so, like Tony Wiseau. He does, he doesn't does. he? Does. He yeah, does. Yeah, but like from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If, yeah, if Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer and the room had a baby. Matt yeah. Smith is just a Buffy villain in this. That's movie. also true. Yeah, yeah, his face is just a permanent Buffy vampire. But <laughs> he, you know, this is not. This is just. It's such a, it's so goddamn boring. It's boring. And it's, it's so uninteresting. And a lot of homoeroticism that it, didn't go anywhere. It gets kind of gay. A lot. I don't think Morbius has any idea how kind of gay their movie was sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they wasted Jared Harris. What did he do in this? Nothing. The man's a genius. That was the best acting of the whole movie, is when the two Jareds are talking to each other, <laughs> and he goes... Oh, is Daddy angry? <laughs> and it get really. Well, no, really... that was Matt Smith and Jared Harris. Jared Leto is the other Jared. It's a movie. Yeah. I don't know if sleeping on it's going to make me happier or, or, or more upset, but yeah. I took a lot of extremely unfocused notes I on my I can't wait for those. <laughs> I can't wait for the notes. I browsed Twitter because I was fucking bored. Yeah, Austin was just on Twitter the whole time. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay, now for real. It's tomorrow. Transition. How many hours has it been now? Right? Like we well, you got it. When did we get out of the movie? Like we watched. It starts at eight, but it, that means it doesn't start like, till eight thirty. Yeah, like ten ish. Yeah, it's been four. Gotta... It's been fourteen. It's been fourteen hours. It's been about fourteen hours. It is Morbius, now... more like Snorbius. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in Sorry, hot now with that jokes. I've had time, uh, hot with I'm jokes. working on, that, on one. that one. Yeah. Do you have a joke list, Austin? Did you did you write copy for this? I had Morbius more like Snorbius that I've been working on, and that's as far as I got. You've been workshopping it <laughs> yeah. in front of people. You've been taking it to the clubs and then, you know, getting heckled. Look, I... I I feel like I feel like this is going to be a mess. All we have are our vague recollections of this horrible movie and whatever notes I felt like I could take with my brightness all the way down on my phone feeling like a piece of shit. Uh this <laughs> What's sticking out to us right now, big picture about the movie Morbius after uh after a sleep and a new day? Well, I think hang on, Andy. I think that we should talk big picture, but I think we need to go through your bullet points. Oh, we for sure do. <laughs> okay, great. Great. <laughs> great. Yeah. But first, I guess big picture. Anybody anybody feelings? Yeah, I've got I think I mean I I really want to try and not just keep repeating myself, right, on how mm-hmm. completely lifeless this movie was and how completely <laughs> and not in a fun, stripped. undead way. And, right. and not in a vampire way. Right. That's another yeah. one I worked on. Thank you very much. No. Um, <laughs> it feels like they made the the writers, and I mean, I'll come back to the writers in a minute because I did look up what they've done. Oh, yes. Um, but uh, it, it it felt like the writers had a stick figure outline for what this movie is supposed to be of like, okay, yeah. And then he does this and he talks to her and then, you know, it's a villain and they fight or whatever. And he stops him. And he sent that treatment out to the director to be like, Hey, what do you think? And then the director's like, Hey, we filmed that. Uh, and you're like, no, wait, it was gonna, Oh no, it was gonna be a whole, like a whole movie. You know, you filmed just the, you know, the 10 page treatment. Yeah, man. That's what it feels like. It feels like, they only did the most essential scenes 
mm-hmm. to actually have this movie be called a movie to just like mm-hmm. get the A to B to C mm-hmm. and that's it. I agree with that. But at the same time, I don't think that's how I felt walking out of it because this, if you've ever seen any movie like that first Suicide Squad movie that feels like the entire thing was sort of recontextualized and figured out in the editing bay. Mm. (laughs) That's a lot how this felt like to me. Like maybe there was another 45 minutes of footage that was shot of different ideas. And in the end, what movie we actually got was decided by the director and the editor in the room, sort of putting a puzzle together with pieces from different puzzles. Oh my God. They just have like snapshots on the floor that they're rearranging and ordering Mm -hmm. like, because that's what it felt pizza. like to me. And maybe maybe those two things dovetail. Maybe that maybe by by doing that process, they only were able to keep the things that managed to tell a story and make it technically be a movie. Right. Because right? all of the like character scenes and all of the motivations or any of if those scenes existed again. <laughs> if they exist. Uh, if they did ever exist, they wouldn't <laughs> make sense by having to cut everything. Um, yeah. I went and watched the the original Morbius teaser trailer that came out two years ago. Yeah. Having seen the movie. Um, let's see. Somebody listed all of the different, all of the scenes that don't appear. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> 20 seconds. A conversation with Jared Harris is no longer in the movie. The, uh, one minute 46 lifting a stone sarcophagus, not in the movie. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it would have been an yeah. interesting scene. There's a big sarcophagus. That <laughs> seems <what>? cool. <laughs> I don't know. Does he sleep in it? I, <laughs> the, that'd be neat. That'd be like something vampire related. But the, fact, a... but the fact that something like that scene exists and it jives not even a little bit with everything we saw in the final product just yeah. speaks to what I'm talking about. Like the idea that there's just like a world of other ideas that they literally did shoot. Yeah. Yeah. It says a, a car hunt, uh, 211 searching in a forest, 217 a scene in a house, 243 another different scene with Michael Keaton. Uh, right. In the German trailer, there are two scenes and one. Uh, let's see the two scenes. The final movie doesn't have. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, and I mean, that was two years ago. I mean, the fact this movie was fact, supposed to come out in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Before all of the, the spider, unpleasantness. Yes. Well, before the unpleasant, but also, you know, two years of MCU stuff that's been coming out as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look. I, I I don't know. I found this on Reddit today, so I'm I'm th- just take this with the caveat that that is. This is supposedly a quote from the director of this movie about the images in the trailer that had the Spider-Man posters. You yes. Remember this? Yes. So I'm dying to know what's happening here. So there was this. There was like Shane. I don't know if you ever saw because you didn't seem to know this movie existed until yesterday when we went. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent had no idea. <laughs> so, uh, so in early trailers, there was like a, a shot with like some sort of like Spider Man. Like there was like a shot of like a picture of Spider-Man on the wall and someone had graffitied like murderer on it or whatever. Yeah. Some it's sort a of liar, traitor. It's actually in the most recent trailer from Is seven it? months ago or something too. It's yeah. still in there. Yeah. I'm literally it's... watching a trailer on quiet right now while you guys are talking. Mm, and I'm mm. so mad because there are <laughs> some of these, <laughs> some of these scenes look really good. Yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. I have, I have more thoughts on this, but let me read you the quote from the director. Uh, That image is only in the trailer. So for me as a director, I only do the movie. 
I, as a fan, have several kinds of opinions th- and thoughts about that. But since I didn't put it there because it's not in the movie and I didn't put it in the trailer either. So uh, <laughs> if I said something about what I think it is, it would be as a fan. But because I'm the director, I'd be accused of knowing something, which I don't. You know, if I knew something, I could tell you. But that that's not mine. It's not for my idea. You know, I'd love to be honest and responsible, but I can't because it's not mine. What? <laughs> Were they visibly sweating when they said this <laughs> with a red dot sight on their forehead? <laughs> the Reddit comments underneath said that he sounds like Mojo Jojo. <laughs> Look, all right. I have, if it's what I, have, I would have said, then I would not have said it as a fan, but as a director. <laughs> but as a director, you would think that I know something, which I do not, because I do not know something, because this is not mine. Uh, I, I have, I have a big, I have a big picture question slash thought about this whole movie before we actually dive into um, the moment to moment, because as everybody listening to this probably knows, I mean, we're going to hear here warning spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. But at this point, if you care, you've probably seen the movie and it's out on you can buy it. Just go watch it or skip. Yeah. Skip. this. Yeah. Go watch the movies of the Spider-Man's. Yeah. Shane's never seen any of them. (laughs) So so the deal with No Way Home that I want to talk about is the fact that no way home came out in the middle of the pandemic. So like this came out, that movie came out after Morbius was originally supposed to come out. I don't know how much coordination happens between Sony and Marvel in this particular regard. I would be willing to bet real money that originally there was no Michael Keaton's vulture character shows up Mm -hmm. through one of the no way home portals plot lines. No, <laughs> I imagine that was not anywhere near it because the sh- the sh- you know I think Sony really wanted us to think that this took place in the MCU. Whether or not that was the official agreement, I think they wanted to pull the wool over our eyes to sell tickets and to make people excited about Jared Leto's nasty vampire man. I think they desperately wanted the- us to think that it was in that same universe, which is why they were having Michael Keaton in those scenes we never saw because they aren't in the movie. I I think. It might go deeper than that. I think maybe some of the reasons that this movie feels so disjointed and like and like I was saying, like put together, but with like pieces from different puzzles is that I I would be fully not surprised if they are hedging their bets while making this movie about whether or not they're going to be able to get Tom Holland. Are we going to get Toby? Are we going to get Andrew? What's the status of Spider-Man in our universe? I want to make sure we leave as many doors open as possible so that maybe we can get a Spider-Man thing in here or like Let's make a template movie and then we'll fill it in with all the cool special ex- guests we can get. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And by not wanting to make any hard decisions and while by by not even seeing this movie as a movie, seeing this movie as a vehicle for a universe building, I think that in the end, when they got no Spider-Mans, <laughs> I, I think that perhaps they went, oh, shit, and had to cut this down into something that made sense. I love that. Also, the poster, the Morbius poster says in big red text above the title, a new Marvel legend arrives. <laughs> now, the Marvel logo isn't on the poster. No. Yeah. No, it just says a new Marvel legend arrives. And it's like, I guess technically legally you can say that, but this is such a, like, this is the version of, uh, at Costco when they sell the, the, like those asylum B movies that have titles like transmorphers, uh, (laughs) so that your grandma picks them up at Costco. 
um, and gets, I got you that Transmorphers movie you like so much. And like, no, Grandma, this is a Sony movie. oh christ i just i would believe uh, i would believe any conspiracy theory about this movie at this point uh somebody on twitter just said i saw today was like it's wild that there are two different marvel cinematic universes there's one that makes some attempt to put out mildly entertaining movies crowd-pleasing movies and one that's literally a money laundering scheme Uh, that's what it feels like yeah 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 Austin, you you hinted earlier that you wanted to talk about Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. Yes, the writers and actually, of Morbius. You've given me a great uh, way in because you talked about that this felt like they wanted to build a universe in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny you mention that because when I looked up the writers, the two, the writing team who is apparently responsible for this this mess, um, Matt Sazama and a great name, Burke Sharpless. <laughs> uh, they have written uh, a few other movies together. Um, and that would, I guess, remove any coincidence about their talent as writers. Uh, because <laughs> their credit together as a team, uh, they first worked on a movie called Dracula Untold, uh, <gasps> which came out in 2014. <laughs> And was supposed to be the launch of the Dark Universe, the Universal Monster Movie yes. Cinematic Universe that they wanted. With the, they were with so the Mummy reboot and the yeah. yes, mm-hmm. uh-huh, the Tom Cruise Mummy, the like Russell Crowe as as Doctor Jekyll <laughs> that they were trying to get going. Yeah. Um, and part of it crashed and burned before it could even start because Dracula Untold, which was going to be their like Iron Man kickoff of this universe stank so bad was such a big piece of shit um and that was also a big vampire bat movie uh written by these same two guys uh now it doesn't stop there i mean no they also wrote the vin diesel the last witch hunter which i believe was dead on arrival before the trailer came out Mm -hmm. um and then they wrote gods of egypt Which was just, (laughs) okay, so I've heard from certain people that there's a lot of cool things in Gods of Egypt and some fun concepts and visual things. If it wasn't for the fact that it was just so many white people uh, in the movie uh, called Gods of Egypt, I think maybe it could have been a dumb, fun movie. That's the one one with Gerard Butler and Jeffrey Rush Mm -hmm. in it? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know Brenton Thwaites <gasps> and uh, uh, you know Jamie Lannister. Yes, in exactly. He's Holy headlining shit! Yeah. yeah. So they wrote they wrote that piece of shit. And mm-hmm. then if you think, okay, how do these people? How, how are they still getting work? Because that track record is abysmal. Um, I guess they also wrote the mildly okay Power Rangers reboot movie that people seemed. And we talked about this a bit in our Power Rangers sat in mm-hmm. episodes um, that people seem to like. I haven't seen, but people are like, hey, it's actually pretty good. It They're was, not credited it for was the okay. screenplay. Yeah, They're it was credited okay. for the story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is this is not a really, it's not a pedigree, I guess. Yeah. This so, is, at this point, it makes you, it, honestly, I'm not even mad at them. I'm mad at Sony. Oh, yeah. Leadership, Sony management for 
putting these two guys as the sole writers on this project where you don't expect quality for this. This honestly feels like if I was Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane as producers who was trying to make more money from a flop than a hit, I would hire these guys. (laughs) Fuck, that's so... Oh, I hope they never listen to this episode. (laughs) They're absolutely scouring the internet for... Reviews Someone please now. like this movie. Someone's yeah. gotta. Which <laughs> podcast is gonna have the nice takes in it? In ten years, when we get one more job to write a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I guess I guess it, it's gonna be it's gonna be worth like going down the beats of this movie a little bit and talking about the the various elements and the actors involved. I want to I want to just put a, a rule down which is that in one way or another I think in about 45 minutes I want to be done talking about Morbius. Yeah, if not even 20 to <laughs> if not 35 less, yeah. because yeah. because this movie does not deserve anybody's money or attention. Uh it's it is an immaculately shitty film like you know in a way in a way that's not even fun it's not fun to talk about really well it might be a little fun when we find it i think it's fun to talk about it's not fun to to consume no i i kept looking over at you two in the movie theater and seeing my face on shane's face and seeing austin (laughs) like curled up in like a weird like strange angle yeah, like he's almost like Austin was almost trying to like find a way to like watch the movie out of the corner of his eye. <laughs> yeah, I just I just I cannot tell you I got tired. I got I, I just and look, I, I was not on Twitter the whole movie. OK, I I, I, I I ducked in during the action sequences because they were just so what? uninteresting. Some of those some of those were the better part of the film hmm. when nobody was talking. <laughs> yeah, the special yeah. the special effects. Special effects yeah. are not bad. They, they did something interesting. Are actually yes. pretty cool in some cases. I, yeah. I I will I will give it to them. Somebody S- put some love sound. into the post prod on this. Why did I say post prod? Like I'm trying to. No, save you're in the time. you're in the biz. You can say. Yeah, it. you're in the biz. You can. You're allowed. All right, we're gonna go speaking, through. <laughs> yeah, speaking the of post prod, prod me. I'm ready. <laughs> we're gonna go through the notes that I have. I can't promise that I took notes on every like interesting thing that happened. Uh, and I'm not going to read them out loud to you, but I am going to. Uh, hopefully, there's a, a, a sort of bare structure, a skeleton no, of the movie in no, here. No, 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 no. I want the word for word note you wrote so that we can talk about no. it. No. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I won't read them all, but when I read them, I'll read you the notes. So here we go. Fuck, they turned the volume up so bad that we'd forget how bad the movie is because our ears are bleeding. <laughs> it was a loud movie. This was the loudest movie experience I've ever had. <laughs> It's IMAX, baby. <laughs> but but fucking, I've seen a lot of IMAX movies. I've never had one assault me like this. Maybe it's just where we went, but oh my, I, I literally was plugging my ears sometimes because I was like, oh, fucking getting. Anyway, here we go. Yeah, there was no consent to that sound. Fuck. Uh, some of these I just wrote down quotes. So one of the first things that we hear, so Morbius, Michael Morbius. Uh, the first scene is he he's flying down in a helicopter to this like strange. Where was this? Like Costa Rica. Where, where, it was a Costa Rican cave to go, I guess, capture some bats. And one of the first things we hear is a guy g- turns to him and goes, are you a doctor? And he goes, I am a doctor. 
<laughs> That's like the end of their conversation. But did they just meet after like a six hour helicopter ride? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He said, he said, do you need a doctor? Did he? Because I'm yeah. pretty positive he said, <laughs> no. are you a doctor? No, he said, do no, you you're right. a doctor? He did say, do you need a doctor? <laughs> but, but cut this part out. Cut me saying that out because that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not cutting this episode very much. People are going to hear it. This is in. This is in. I heard something wrong because it was the first. It was, it was so the, loud. The first line of this movie and I heard it wrong. Anyway. Look. Well, okay, no, but that that's actually a great segue uh, because, you know, we've established that that uh, Michael Morbius and his friend Milo slash Lucian, yeah, Milo. We'll just call him Milo. Because yeah. here's another note of mine: even yeah, the notice. doctor calls this kid Milo. Yeah. La 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 la. <laughs> because it's <laughs> not his name, but the doctor calls him anyway. Please continue. Yeah. It, it, so so we establish after this Costa Rica scene, which does ki- nothing really. I mean, it introduces that Costa Rica has bats, and I guess he went to go find some. <laughs> nice. I got some bats. And they and like to, blood? To, yeah. To find bats, you have to set up like some sort of... What were all those like vertical string don't know. things? He's standing behind them. He cuts open his hand. He presents the blood to the nasty vampire bat cave and they all fly at him. And all these these mercenaries run and scream and he stands there unafraid. Uh, yeah, it's not established what he's actually what is happening there. No, but they do uh, end up in his giant bat tube. Uh, in his in his uh in his i wanted to call it office and then i wanted to call it a lair but it's just a lab it's like a science lab just a science lab that also has patients uh there Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah. did he just smuggle like 600 bats out of costa rica did he put them in a suitcase (laughs) he's like stuffing his whole his like suit jacket with them they're down (laughs) in socks it was like one of those money catching machines like Oh yes, that is yeah, what it tra- looks like. When yeah, he, that, the, the bat tube. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so so anyway, so so Morbius and and Milo. Yeah, this is twenty five years earlier in Greece. Yeah, in Greece, we suddenly cut to Greece to some sort of idyllic, some sort of pastoral convalescent home slash dialysis clinic across the street from a school um, that for rich little boys. Run by a rich doctor. Uh, Run by a rich doctor who I guess just has the two patients or something. And they have this disease that is undefined. They have some Mm -hmm. kind of blood disease. They never say what it is. They never really. It just makes them need canes to walk. And yeah, what do they call those? I never know the actual term for those. The like the like cane crutch things that are sort of like wrapped around your arms. Like you use two of them. They're just called. I think they're just called crutches, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess um, there must there must be a special term. I don't know what they are. You know what I'm talking about. You've yeah. seen these before. Everybody's seen these. Yeah. Uh they they just they need to have those to walk and they're very skinny and apparently they need uh as as somebody puts I think it's Morbius puts it we need an oil change every 3 hours or something. Yes, he does say that. Yeah, three so, times a day. So that apparently they're just constantly need to be on dialysis or, or on blood, getting blood transfusions or something. Uh, seems expensive and exhausting. Seems expensive. It, uh, who are the parents? Why is he here? Why is an American kid in, in a 
a fancy house in Greece? Did mm-hmm. yeah, we did, know nothing. We yeah. know nothing about this. Yeah. Uh, and also, also, how how does he get to Costa Rica? I mean, does he is he also getting blood transfusions in Costa Rica <laughs> on a helicopter? Is he <laughs> Yes. Because he's very good at science and, and mechanics, he fixes Milo, who is the new kid who ends up being Matt Smith and the villain. He fixes his machine because it it shorts out and he just insta dies. <laughs> yeah. And so he like puts a spring from a pen in there and fixes it. And Jared Harris, the doctor, is like, you clearly have a gift. Uh, <laughs> let's take you to a school in New York uh, for gifted boys and you can go do it. Yeah, Jared Harris is so good. It's really good, Austin. Yeah, Yeah, it's so it's so strange the way this this plays out. I want to I want to underline this again. As kids, they're in there. It's Milo's first day. I should call him Lucian in this moment. And uh, fucking Morbius apparently is so used to getting a new kid in the bed next to him who I guess just dies and then a new one comes in that he just calls them all Milo. Because that was the name of the first one. He doesn't want to bother learning the names of new kids that just inevitably die. Which I feel like is a point that could have been more poignant if the child actors mm-hmm. had been better or more interesting. Yeah. Or the writing had or, been a little or better. Or if it had lasted more than a single day that they met yep. each other. Or a yep. single right. hour. Exactly. Uh, but he calls him Milo. And then the doctor guy, Jared Harris, could, calls him Milo. Uh, not respecting him. And his name is Lucian. But then like Jared Leto's character later aggressively pronounces it Lucian. Uh, Lucian <laughs> and and it's like this whole thing we, we just call him Milo the whole movie until the very end when Matt Smith's character is like dying and he goes you gave me my name and he goes Lucian and then he dies Um, and I don't know what it means really yeah what it's like a last ditch effort to do something with the character right yeah remember when we said that earlier in the movie we're saying it again now and it's the end of the movie doesn't that feel like a bookend and like we've made good film Um, Yeah. So, okay, so we jump forward in time. Here's another note of mine. He rejects the Nobel Prize. Nobel Prize. They do just call it the Nobel Prize. (laughs) They call him a Nobel Laureate and they call it the Nobel Prize. (laughs) Can anyone here answer why he rejected the Nobel Prize? No, Nobel Prize. The Nobel Prize. It's possible they didn't have the rights to say Nobel. Yeah, that's true. Was that a real question, Andy? Yes, yes. Because yes. the so sh- the 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 girl, I don't know her name, girl Martine. Martine talk. She's like, I can't believe you said that you couldn't accept a couldn't accept an award for a failed experiment. Oh, so it's just a pride thing. It was yeah. He because he hasn't actually like cured the disease, but he did create the fake blood. Right. Yeah, right. He's, he's created he, artificial blood. Yeah. Right. And so at this ceremony in New York now after literally, yeah, it's like a time jump from like, you should go to a school in New York because you're 10 or whatever and you're good at stuff. And then New York, he's he's fully aged Jared Leto. And now he's getting award for the blood that he made. Uh, And it's the doctor from his dialysis clinic who's giving this presentation, Mm -hmm. um, who now just sort of hangs out. In New York, like, and who doesn't the... look visibly older? No, they they totally <laughs> gave up on aging Jared Harris twenty five years. <laughs> they just didn't do it, and they just thought nobody will care or notice. Uh, all right, I don't have I don't have context for this one. Uh, 
Well, no, let's let's talk about this. So the, the to give context, this other doctor that we've mentioned, this woman named Martine, she is aggressively unuseful to the plot, even mm-hmm. though they they really, really like have her around a lot, which is upsetting to watch. Right. I mean, like you want to like her and she is kind of interesting and the actress isn't bad, obviously. Like, I don't think any of the acting in this movie is particularly bad. No. Like, that's not why it's like, this isn't going to get Razzies for performance. (laughs) But she's she's a doctor that works with him at this, like, private clinic or something in a big office Mm -hmm. building dealing with terminally ill children with maybe the same disease as Morbius. Maybe that's also a laboratory, a big corporate laboratory. Yes. And she and him have a very not on screen, but told to us chemistry between them <laughs> um, that apparently there's sort of a will they won't they, but he's a won't because he thinks he's going to die. And that's all told to us, but we don't really see it anyway. She knows his passwords to everything. And this line is one that I wrote down, which is that, yeah, your password for everything is just the first six digits of pi backwards. why what is god you know when bad writers have to think about what smart people are like this is a hundred percent that yeah it's like they've never met a real scientist in their life they have a poster of of i don't know einstein or whatever and then they like pi and they have the pi backwards as their password yes Yes. You know they had to switch it, right? It was like, oh, it's just the first six digits of the pie. And then someone was like, hold on. That's not a good password. That's not a safe password. It doesn't even have a letter or a special character. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, Right around this time is when we learn what he's up to, which is, uh, here's another note. He makes a mouse have bat DNA and it doesn't die. So. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to talk about what happens around the scene, though, because this is where okay. one of the first disconnects happens for me is because the first scene where we kind of see him at these Horizon Labs at this big building corporate research firm slash hospital uh, is there is this little girl that also seems to have their condition. Um, and she's talking to him initially about the, the Nobel Prize. <laughs> and he mentions that he like has issues, which we don't really know what they are. We don't he, see what they are. We we learn apparently. We, I do have issues. <laughs> yeah, he says I do have issues, and we don't know what they are. We don't know because again, we've just jumped twenty five years from him being a sickly little boy who's just good at good at machines or whatever to being a doctor who is rejected. We don't know any of the character develop. We don't know what kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. Still, really. Uh, why does he have issues? Why does he, what does he have a chip on his shoulder for some reason? It, it's not, you know, it's not explored. Uh, and neither is really this girl because they're attending to this girl. And then he and Martine disappear for, I don't know, a few hours doing science on a rat. And then they get an alert that this girl is like going into, you know, cardiac arrest or what or that she's, she's like gonna have a seizure she's having or, uh, a seizure so they go in and like help her again and that's the motivation i guess that he needs to come up with a cure for this like right now because this girl is struggling but is do they just have like attending patients and then go off and do science for for three hours and well when what they've I neglected don't... their patients they come back and fix them 
What I don't like or understand is the fact that he induces, he like just loads this girl up with propofol and induces a coma so that she'll calm down. And we never see this girl again yep. in the movie. <laughs> yep. Nope. Nope. Yep. Not a single that time. That is it. She's gone. We She's also... gone from the movie. Oh, like on the, on those same lines, on the same lines, we never see the rat again, which nope. to me is fucking dumb because that should have been our first clue that something is wrong. Yes. Right? Like we should have yes. seen the rat like start to start to exhibit signs of like yeah, going crazy. It should have like foreshadowed what was going to happen on the boat later. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Yes, it should have. Something like that. Instead, all that <clears throat> happens is the rat seems to die and they think it's a failure. And then she sees the rat is up and moving around again. And it's like. Mm-hmm. Your shit works. Your bat shit works. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we have a hard cut, right? I mean, it's a hard cut to this boat, which I did not realize was the same place where this science was happening. Well, so it's not actually. So there is a scene in the middle where we finally meet uh, Milo as an oh, adult. Oh, right. Yeah. And he we goes meet, to meet him. Meet. And Milo's circumstance seems to be that he is... He's very fully, rich. He's very rich, maybe because of the of 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 Jared Harris, who's also rich, like just sort of supporting him or whatever. He's hired all these bodyguards. He basically just lives in this like walled off palace being a hedonist all day uh, because he's, you know, kind of fatalist about his condition. But they're still buddy buddy, I guess. And he comes to visit him and they like take a walk together. And Milo gives him some whole spiel about how he can't fall in love uh, because apparently disabled people are just completely he, correct. Yes, what oh, I just that like, whole, that unable. Whole it's such was a so weird. Bad. It's such it a weird so perspective bad. against people with disabilities that just views them as completely non, just non people. Right? It's mm-hmm. like well, yes. we just don't. We clearly are just are not living our lives because we have no fun or enjoyment. We are we're both dour and yeah. sad all the time, and we have no fun and no sex and yep. Uh, nobody likes us because we're freaks or whatever. Because we we're skinny and we we use canes. Like mm-hmm. what? What? Yeah. So okay. <laughs> it, it's heavily implied. It's heavily implied that um, he is also funding a lot of Morbius's research. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. And which is we, why again, he doesn't talk to him. I think. Don't okay. really have a reason <clears throat> why he's so rich. Like it's no. not explained. He didn't finish no. law school, so he's not like a lawyer. It says later nope. that he because he represents him in jail, and it's like you didn't finish law school. Okay, what 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 do you have a rich dad who's like a mysterious benefactor? <laughs> you, I don't what what is happening? No, there's no details. This is watching this movie sometimes felt like a dream, you know, in that way that in that in that way uh-huh. that literal not like movie dreams, but in that way that literal dreams will put you in a situation and leave you to assume the given circumstance and it doesn't really yes. matter. You know? Like that's what it felt like a lot of times starting a scene in this movie. Yeah. Um so but after it, after this scene with Milo, uh this is my this is my favorite thing almost in the whole movie. I don't know if you'll find this as, as ridiculous as I do, but they've done this thing two or three times now where there's been text on screen, you know, setting location and, and time. So we'll have like 25 years ago, Greece or New York or whatever. They're on this boat. So they have to do this experiment uh, away from the law because it's super illegal and he's going to experiment on himself. And we see the boat and the text that comes up is International Waters Eastern Seaboard. And the the extreme 
just complete non-specificity of that that little pop-up was so funny to me in the moment I almost like inappropriately laughed. It's like, where are we now, movie? International waters. <laughs> like well, 10 seconds after, we have to go to international waters. <laughs> like there's going to be a map and we can point to it. And on the map, it says international waters. <laughs> Chart a course. For international waters. <laughs> 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 oh god I, I also i i really i had a hard time following that as well i don't think i caught that they that they were going there right away or something i mean because i was i was thrown because that boat sequence is like a bunch of guys with guns sitting around playing poker on a boat and then mm-hmm. it's a cut to a totally different scene where morbius and his and and martine are in a laboratory and it took me a while to realize they were also on the boat because it felt like they were completely different places. Right, totally. And I thought they were cutting, okay, like something's going to happen later. And for some reason, this boat is going to get tied in. And then I realized that they're on the boat. It's just, and for some reason, they're paramilitary goons that are on this boat. Yeah, they've hired they've hired a, a, an extremely unsavory boat to do this experiment. So... But it's just yeah. like a tanker ship with, I, 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 yeah, I, that that just again dream logic is. I guess we're supposed to bridge the gap that like because Milo's guys had guns, then these are Milo's <laughs> goons on a boat. I guess maybe. But I I'm only putting that together now. Yeah. Uh, here's another quote that I wrote down. Oh, the whole near near death thing is very chic. I read it in Cosmo. <laughs> But hang on, while you were typing that into your phone, his next line was, do people still read Cosmo? (laughs) (laughs) I've never, I've, I mean, I don't know if I can say never, but especially in the realm of comic book movies, but I've, I've extremely rarely seen a movie where the like second or third pass joke punch ups (laughs) were so obvious and sore thumb. Like, <laughs> there was somebody who's not credited as a writer who came through and added about six jokes to this movie, and every <laughs> single one of them made my made my made me do a double take of like, what? What? <laughs> this is the most dour movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 oh shit! Oh shit! Like, like here, be. <laughs> this movie, this movie, I, I don't even know if I would call it a formulaic superhero movie, because at least the formula, as we've come to kind of know it now, has some kind of joy built into it. Right. Yeah. Like, like there yep. is a the modern superhero film as as kind of Marvel and even DC has come to define it has like, oh, OK, now the hero, they get their power and they're kind of testing it out and they're doing fun stuff and they sort of enjoy the intoxicating joy of having their powers and maybe they learn some lessons about what it's like to have that power and they they jump or they go somewhere and they have fun with it Mm -hmm. and then uh but that's not what happens here none of and maybe there's a plot twist later in the movie just to have you know a reversal of expectation or something but this is this is just he just gets the powers and he's sad for a while. And Matt Smith gets the powers and they're both sad and they snarl at each other. And then eventually everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
roll credits. Show Michael uh, Michael Keaton. No oh God, bring, roll out the Keaton. Um, no. So the next thing that happens on this boat is he injects himself, uh, and he gets the bat powers, and he's immediately like feral and clinging to the ceiling. Also, he's cut now. He's extremely physically fit. Yeah, uh, he's got that Jared Leto body now, not the fake body they were superimposing over him. <laughs> you know, you know, like how bats are extremely physically fit. Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> yeah, he this is this is maybe I mean, they put this sequence a bit in the trailers for good reason. It's kind of scary and and could it could have been done better, but it was kind of cool of him like stalking around this tanker ship sort of one by one brutally murdering everybody on it um and then draining their blood which we never see because they made this a pg-13 movie right this is pg-13 am i am i mistaken on that i mean Uh, it could be honestly i have no idea (laughs) but i would assume i'd have to look it up but i assume because we never see any blood outside of a blood bag anywhere for a vampire movie true there's no fucking blood anywhere none none not even on anybody's mouth after they're done eating. You know what I mean? It's yep. in, anyway. Uh, yeah. So he he goes a little crazy. He goes a little like uh, he blacks out and kills a bunch of people. And in the process, Martine, the interesting, maybe doctor character, gets knocked out by one of the goons and spends the next huge chunk of the movie uh, in a hospital bed, not being able to affect the plot at all, but sort of being motivation for Morbius. Um. And he jumps off the boat. He gets back to his uh, his lab, and now he's best friends with all the bats in the bat tube. <laughs> mm-hmm. He loves those guys. Uh, I, maybe just so as far as the action sequence, um, the reason I think I was so bored with these sequences mm-hmm. is because I think in a normal superhero movie, this would be right. This would be a villain scene, right, where we kind of get to see how bad the villain is or how dangerous they're going to be. And the reason we have stakes for that is because we care about the hero and seeing how powerful the villain is, is gonna, Oh no, how's Spider-Man going to deal with that? He's really powerful. Oh no. It's like how, how, you know, it, it adds tension to our hero. But when this is the hero, anti hero of the movie, who's just, murdering a whole boat there's not it's just like wow all right uh this guy should go to jail i guess yeah um yeah it's it's not it doesn't it doesn't affect anything right also these guys aren't necessarily bad people they're just hired hired goons that don't hey you wouldn't paid for you wouldn't think so given how those fbi agents talk about him after the fact where they're like they're like hey you know what like <laughs> 10 mercs die on a boat we don't care but a single mother that's something else <laughs> so you know yeah uh, life uh, the value of life is definitely in question all right <laughs> he gets off the boat he's he's dealing with his problems uh he realizes he has an insatiable thirst for blood uh he tries to stave it off using his artificial blood that he almost got the Nobel Prize for uh, for making. Uh, and it works for a while and makes him, you know, normal and not feral. But it starts working less and less the more he eats it. 
yeah. and that's sort of that's sort of like his I guess theoretically tragic situation for the whole movie is he's like looking ahead to the time when this isn't working and real human blood is going to be the only thing that works. Um, yeah, like as if there's like like he's his own villain, you know, and so mm-hmm. you're thinking maybe the real battle in this movie is going to be him versus himself. Right. Uh, and Which again would have been cooler. his own bestial urges or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does not that does not happen. No. Um, at all. Uh, however, this does begin what I think, and I think I talked about this in our po- immediate post movie reactions. <laughs> our, this, our talk? I think, yes, uh, the most interesting part of the movie for me, the the part that I would closely associate with fun, um, <laughs> is as a scientist, he is now testing himself, documenting his own powers, his yeah. strength, his echolocation abilities. He's Bat throwing radar this, for like, the uninitiated. Yeah, he's throwing this bouncy ball <laughs> and he's sort of like listening for where it is going to go and bouncing and reflecting and catching it and like documenting how long he needs to go on his his like computer timer watch. Uh, that... Yeah, he's got a shitty like Casio watch that he's using to time how long it is before he goes nutso again. Yeah, and I think that's actually interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I find that actually, as his character as a scientist, that is what he would do. He would do a bunch of fun tests on himself. Yeah, and uh, I, I do. I I was freaked out by it, but I did kind of like his nasty ear that they do a bunch of CG on that you can see him like listening for his echolocation because like his ear sort of like ripples. Yeah, it gets ridges. <laughs> like ruffles. Yeah. And and it's really it's really nasty to look at because they zoom in every time they're like look at his nasty ear. Little wiggly, it's little ear wiggles. <laughs> okay, next major plot point, Milo shows up, I guess just looking to hang out. He shows up to the lab to find Morbius locking himself in uh, the room, having deprived himself of blood, dramatically writing blood in window in the window on with his own blood with his finger. And he makes Milo get him his artificial blood that he like drinks in front of him. And again, the specter. Well, man, this is this is the main conflict of the movie. And I do think that this is somewhat successful. At least it's the most interesting part. He is like, you've cured our disease. Give it to me. And Morbius is like, no. He touches his face and he goes, it's a curse. And <laughs> yes, homoerotic. <laughs> yes. And so much of it. That's the main thing there, right? Is that like he doesn't want to give Milo the bat nonsense because he's realizing how fucking big of a mistake he made doing it on himself. While also having a really sexy body and being able to walk around and do everything he never used to be able to do, which is like, of course, that's still attractive to Milo. Milo's extremely depressed about his condition. And, right. you know, that's an interesting I liked that conflict, because as we learn later in this moment or maybe in a moment later, Milo has stolen the other dose and does, in fact, give it to himself in secret. Off off screen. Yeah. Off screen. Would have been maybe an interesting scene. And. They only don't show it, I guess, because they want to leave some sort of confusion as to whether or not he has done this. But they reveal it extremely quickly. So it's not even like a source of tension and mystery for a large part of the movie. It is literally five minutes later we confirm that he has, in fact, taken it. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, the reason there's a mystery there is because, you know, that, that five minutes after we've had a scene in a hospital with a, with a nurse who is running with the lights flickering in <laughs> some sort of very artistic way. <laughs> I wrote this down. This is not a quote from the movie. I wrote Shane colon. No, those are nonsense lights. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what Shane said to me sitting yeah. next to me in the movie theater. Yeah. Okay, wait. But hang on. Before Austin goes any farther, we have to explain what these lights are. So the lights, the lights like sense a person or whatever underneath them and flip on, right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as you go out of the field of vision of the light, it clicks off. And then the next one clicks on. But they're not overlapping. So it wasn't <laughs> like a continuous, like, click, 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 as this person is walking down the hallway. It's click on, click off, five Pitch feet black. later. Click on, click off, five feet later. Like, what? And she's like, after it's hours a- in their, in their, uh, their, you know, lab area. And... It's it's actually like the the least practical lighting situation I've ever seen, and it's only to make a horror movie feel like that's all it's there for. Yeah, it it, it is some sort of like Michael Jackson beat it sidewalk <laughs> light system for this hospital. Yeah, uh, or yeah, or it's not meant to be physical technology, like practical in universe technology, and it's just the lights are doing something because a vampire man is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and you know it turns out it's Matt Smith who who kills this nurse at the end and and drains her blood. We don't right. see who we, it is. We oh, think it's Morbius. Morbius. Yeah, right. But then again, thirty seconds after this happens, we find out it's Matt Smith. And God, I just I I want to try to fix this movie a little bit. You know, <laughs> I I, I want to pitch a, a way better fix for this. And I think what the way you have to do it. If I had to fix this, at least this chunk of the movie. I would say Morbius relents and gives him the serum Mm. or somehow he knows sooner that he's taken it and he hasn't gone instantly evil. Like, and there's still buds and they get to be vampires together and like have fun on the town, like have a moment discovering their powers. They're flying, they're being friends, they're buds. And then suddenly maybe Matt Smith loses control and kills somebody and then they sort of a rift creates between them or they, you know, they sort of have a legitimate yeah. falling out between yes. like, Hey, how do we sort of use our power? How do we right. consume? Like, and, and it's some sort of extended sequence where, uh, where he's like, okay, I've given you this and y- you can't make the same mistake I did when I first got it. You're only going to drink the, the fake blood that I make. We right. just have to make sure that, if we do this, we can't kill anybody. And then maybe like there's an accident that happens or something. And they're around a lot of real blood. And Morbius is like, no, we can't. And Matt Smith is like, well, but wait a minute. I've never tried this. And then like, you know what I mean? Like some sort of way that we get to see him Mm -hmm. because as it is, he just is immediately evil. He's immediately like, oh, well, my getting to live the life I want is worth whoever I drain. Because I'm disabled and therefore I've lived a, a terrible life and I need to exact my vengeance on everybody, which right. is a villain trope that I hate constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like having a disability does not like equate that you need to exact your vengeance on the world. It's like so fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I knew this would happen. You, you, you were like 25 or 30 minutes. I knew this would happen. We get so deep in the weeds. 
I'm going to speed us up a little bit through yeah, the plot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So first, let's talk about the FBI agents. We got Stroud and Rodriguez. And they're basically worthless. They're there to make a few jokes. Um, they realize uh, that Morbius Tyrese Gibson and yes. Al Madrigal from The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're like the 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 humorous characters, I guess. Yeah, they Were realize they... what's going on with Morbius. No. Uh, they like stop him as he's sort of fleeing the scene of the dead nurse, and they have a dial. They have a line of dialogue where it's like, eh. You you know like you don't look like I, I see you on TV. You look robust. And Morbius responds, Pilates helps. <laughs> um, it's another really great punch up. Nice job, whoever you were. Good job, good job. Yeah, and they're like, like, hey, you. I bet you'd do anything to be normal, like crazy experiments, maybe on a boat. Uh, which is just incredible interrogation. Um, that's when he gets arrested. They stop him. They like manage to chase him somehow in like a foot chase that makes no sense. Then he's in prison. Then we realize Matt Smith is uh has taken the 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 nasty juice and uh he leaves some blood behind for Morbius to get his strength back, and Morbius uses that to break out of jail. He goes to confront uh You drank Matt the red, Smith. huh? You drank you, oh! you, took, you, took, you took the red. Oh, they keep calling it the red. It's the worst thing in the movie. It's so bad. The red. Oh, I need to find this. Cl- I have to find this. This quote. Uh, later, when he's with Martine and they're hiding out, she she gives this line. That she says, "How does it feel when you're on red?" <laughs> Stop trying to make red happen. How does it feel, Doctor Morbius, when Shit. you know your your aunt Flo is in town? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> do you guys remember uh, Red versus Blue? Because yeah. that's one hundred percent what was happening. That's all you were thinking about Amazing. the whole time. <laughs> Play Griff Ball. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> we, we we move on. I I I would say this the 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 third quarter of the film is a lot of just scenes happening one after the other that felt like they were kind of pointless, like extending the time for no real reason. Um, oh shit, we got to finish the movie. We got to bring back Jared Harris to do something. Uh let's yeah. I guess he'll die. Um, that sure. cut was so bad. Hang on. We got to talk about how he calls him on the phone and then he shows up at his house and then dies. There was no like build up to it. There's no like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go help our other friend. Like he could have called fucking Morbius and been like, um, I got to go talk to your gay lover. And Morbius would be like, oh, you're making me jealous, daddy. And then then he dies. <laughs> yeah, I like your pointless. version of the movie, Shane. oh wait i've got another really good quote from that fbi interrogation situation uh at one point they they like they see him kind of like vampire out a little bit and one of them looks at him and goes what did you do to yourself doctor and he replies i wish i knew you literally know you did it you are the scientist that did it what do you mean i wish i knew that's there's also there's also the line i'm starting to get hungry and you wouldn't want to see me when i'm getting when i'm hungry which shane already alluded to earlier and i i don't understand i don't understand the decisions here but okay jared harris's character does die 
Um, Matt Smith also ends up uh, sort of stalking Martine. Right. Um, as maybe, I guess, just a way to get at Morbius. And in the meantime, Morbius has approached <laughs> a, a, a counterfeiting scheme. That he randomly runs into at a gas station right, convenience store. Right, because they want to get a little bit of him, like, stopping crime. Like, oh, he could be a hero and fight crime. So let's do eight minutes of that happening, I guess. But it's not even because of the crime. He wants their lab. And right. and Shane made me write this down. He repurposed a print shop for science. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he, like, takes apart a laminator and turns yeah. it into, like, a blood transfusion machine. <laughs> <laughs> like a big heat press laminator. <laughs> Again, dumb people trying to write smart people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that sort of becomes his like new safe haven from Milo because Milo knows where his like lab or whatever is. Um, but as he's like scaring off these counterfeiters from their lab, uh, he's breaking one guy's hand. Um, in like really awfully, he's like uh, like starting doing doing this monologue about all the bones in the hand, and it's just like really awful crunching sounds, and he's like, yeah, here's your like tarsals or whatever, and the guy's like screaming bloody murder, and he finishes it off with, and here's your pretty little stinky pinky. <laughs> what? I- <laughs> I'm sure the people around us were like so irritated by us laughing through the whole movie. As if they were having a good time watching uh, they Morbius otherwise. Yeah, we they don't know. They might have been. This is also I when he does that line from the trailer, the I am Venom line, which yeah. doesn't make any sense. But at least in the trailer, he was like, no, I'm just kidding. It's me, Michael Morbius. But in this, he just says, I'm Venom. And the guy's like, okay. And he's scared and he runs away. And there's, no other mention of it. Right. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Great. This is another really good line. Uh, I forgot to write it down, but I saw it in a discussion thread I was reading this morning uh, where he, so in this in this print shop, he is making a, essentially like not an antidote, but something that will kill him and and Matt Smith's character and Milo. So this is, this is Andy, wait, this is where it explains like a little bit about their disease and a little bit about their blood condition. Yeah. So because it's a, it's a, it's the opposite of the anticoagulants that he was trying to isolate in the bat DNA, right? Mm-hmm. And so basically what it does is it makes your blood turn solid inside of your body and it all coagulates inside of you yeah, super fast. Yeah, sort of yeah. something to do with the iron, like making a bunch of, like adding yep. a bunch of iron. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it does an opposite <clears throat> and it murders yeah. you. Yeah. And <laughs> as he's putting it in there, I I remember this line. Like I said, I didn't write it down. <laughs> he says to Martine as he's filling up this vial to bats this is lethal <laughs> to humans it's deadly <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at Andy at that exact moment with my, my mouth open <laughs> that's the same thing my dude <laughs> The the thing I hate, too, is that this sequence happens, and this is the kind of ultimately the silver bullet, or I guess the stake, the wooden stake in the heart. Yes. Uh, that ultimately kills Milo. And this is the, this is the, uh, some kind of like a MacGuffin, or, you know, it's a thing to save the day. But he just does it with sort of no, he doesn't 
earn it. He doesn't fight for it. He doesn't struggle. He's like, wait, there's one ingredient we need to to fix this. But in order to do it, we've got to break into this facility and get it. Or we've got to, you know, I yeah. don't know, check every grocery store in, in the lower Manhattan area to sort of find this rare ingredient. Yeah, no, or, he can just know, always do it. He just does it. In in a to the point that you could even miss it in conversation that he's kind of just done this thing, mm-hmm. and then he has it on him, I guess, for the rest of the movie, waiting for the right moment. But it's not like part of a larger plan. It's not part of, uh, you no, know, he doesn't. It is. It is part of a larger plan because it's not just that he wants to kill Milo. He's literally in this moment and never again acknowledging to Martine that he should die too. He I'll says, see, "I even missed that." He says, she's like, why are there two? And he's like, well, you know why. And he's like, I've, you know, I've, I have to take care of this. I really sit into the world. But, you know, like his timer's running out. Like, he'll, you know, there's only so much time before he's going to have to drink human blood and he refuses to do it. The right. other dose is for him. Does he kill himself at the end of the movie? Fuck no. no do we see that again? Not. Do we talk no, about it again? Not. No. No. Nope. No. no. He kills nope. the bad guy. And then we have two post-credit scenes and <laughs> where he it, jumps where in bed with a vulture. <laughs> it's like I don't understand. It's ah. does okay. he ever does he ever struggle again with himself with his own sort of inner demon? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. There's only a couple things left. So the the Martine gets kidnapped, right? Uh, after after he tries to get her to leave town, I need you to go now. It's not safe. I need you to go now. You're not actually important except to be damseled so hard for a 2022 film. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite um, CG effect in the whole movie. So we've, we can, we've seen this before where he can like, s- like we're seeing kind of what he's hearing. Like it sort of everything goes ripply and smoky and you can kind of like visually see the sound information yeah, he's getting. Yeah, the, the comics, Daredevil comics, kind of do this sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the the Mark Wade Daredevil uh, has some cool line work, and I don't know where you, yeah, you kind of see what he's echolocating. Yeah, and it's really cool because he zones in, he can hear Milo sort of like, Milo, like vaguely torturing Martine and like, being like, no, say his name out loud. Cry out for him. Because he knows that Morbius will hear them because of their really good hearing. Yes. Uh, and so he like zeroes in and he can hear them. And he knows where they are. And he, he flies because we didn't mention it. But he can fly and it's ridiculous. Oh, and but he... so that's... Hang on. Wait. Don't, mm-hmm. don't move past that. So the reason he can fly is because he can like sense the airwaves. The currents. The currents. The, like the air currents and the updrafts and stuff. He can, he can see them with his bat sonar and he uses that to like swoop around. Yeah. Not Does he have hollow bones or something now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. He's very but, frail. But as he's flying to her, this is the coolest thing. I loved this. He's like zeroed in on her heartbeat. He needs to save her. And he's like approaching this rooftop from very high above. And he's like slowly gliding down towards it. And while we're gliding down, we see where she is on the rooftop. And every beat of her heart there's like this like visual smoke explosion off the top of this building and it's like woof, 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 woof. and it's fucking cool i yeah, was, was cool. really really into that for like one yeah. minute i was like jesus christ this is a visually amazing moment i yeah. love this yeah they they clearly gave it to some cool designers who are good at their job we're getting paid good mm-hmm. money 
And uh, God, I can't believe this is the same studio that put out Spider Verse. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's a final fight. Martine dies. Uh, let's say that first yep. and foremost. Uh, it, there's maybe an implication that she mm. doesn't. She, yes. she comes back there at is, the end of it. There's a strong implication. Yeah, because they. Yeah, she wakes up. Yeah, mm-hmm. she. Maybe she's a vampire now. Who knows? Yeah, almost certainly. Um, yeah, she gets she gets bitten or shot or so, I don't know something. And then Morbius has to like kind of drink her blood and she's like, use it. And yeah, so make it his mean blood something. gets in her. Make me mean something in this film. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she bites his me, lip. Fridge me, Morbius. <laughs> How dare you fridge me? Oh, she bites no. his lip and she like licks up his little blood droplet. Yeah. Yeah. And so, oh, okay. Maybe she's going to be. A vampire villain or something in next fucking Morbius sequel. Shoot me, shoot me straight in my head. Um, Then there's a final fight with Milo and it culminates in a fucking airbending Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha of bats. That. Yes, he does Kamehameha some bats. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't tell whether or not I thought it was cool or like the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. So something interesting I did notice uh, is they have this big sort of completely forgettable CGI ghost battle fight mm-hmm. between him and Matt Smith. And they plunge down deep underground into an area which uh, it took me a minute being like, what is this like weird, you know, under underground like Morlocks world that they've landed into under New York. But I realized that this is a real tunnel project that has been happening in New York, uh, burrowing these like tunnels deep, deep below New York, uh, that has been ongoing for like 20 years or something. Huh. And there are real photos of, the, of this area and it is actually kind of what it looks like. So they're, they're actually basing that area. They were fighting on this real ongoing construction project that is cool and kind of spooky to look at, but yeah, uh, I'll have to find it, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's where they are. Okay, that is interesting. I would not have known any of that at all. Yeah. But yeah, he summons his bat friends and they finish off the job. And uh, after the bat Kamehameha, he uh, he injects Milo and Milo dies. And uh, as the FBI agents close in, Morbius flies off into the night. Into the credit, credit sequence. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You were so mad, Shane. I was like, how, how, how do you, how do you end on this moment and leave? Yep. As they wash their hands of the whole thing, they just could not wait to be done with this movie. Literally could not wait. They did not just end there, though. We know that because there are two post credit scenes in the first one. Like we mentioned, maybe (laughs) implying through no logical means that the effects of the spell at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home sent Adrian Toomes to this universe, which is not what that was supposed to do. Into a different prison cell. Yeah, Adrian Toomes, who is in jail as the Vulture, uh, Michael Keaton, uh, from the Spider-Man movies, he just gets warped into a different prison cell. And he says- Into this uh, universe. Hope the food's better in this joint. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then in the second post credit scene, 
Morbius is driving off into nowhere, and then he hears the vulture coming, and the vulture approaches him. Somehow Adrian Toomes in this universe has financed and built himself a very similar vulture suit to what he had in Spider-Man Homecoming, even though he wasn't the one who built that suit. It was the smart guys he had working for him. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and he says, <laughs> not sure how I got here. Has to do with Spider-Man, I think. <laughs> and then he asks him to team up because I well, guess guys like us could do some good. Yeah, because because um um Morbius says, "Oh yeah, I've been like looking up on that or something." He's like, "Yeah, I've I've heard people talk about Spider Man, who's not, I guess, actually not in this universe, or is he, or, or is it is Andrew he? Garfield, or will it be in the future?" Oh, my God, <laughs> and and and. But this is like, now we're going to team up and get Spider-Man because because you're Morbius and you're theoretically the hero of this movie who has no no skin in this game Mm -hmm. to do literally anything. You don't you're left with no motivations. You have the Sinister Six, I guess, because Sony has been wanting to make a Sinister Six movie for 30 years. Oh, really? Okay. I'm well, yeah, maybe 20. Yeah. Um, Still <laughs> extremely upsetting. Just the 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 coattail riding blatantness of that post credit scene is I think I think everyone should be ashamed. Yeah. And and the fact that it was in the in every trailer or most trailers for this movie, there was the big neon sign saying, Hey, Michael Keaton is in this one. This yep. is somehow in the MCU because it's got it's got Michael Keaton's The Vulture in it. And there was a Spider-Man picture. And there's a Spider-Man <laughs> picture. And so this is connected to Spider-Man. Don't you love to see it? There's, yeah, they have the Daily Bugle. So like, oh, yeah, multiple, the Daily multiple Bugle. Multiple Daily Bugles, yeah. Yeah. God, what a, what a, what a crime. <laughs> it was a poorly constructed film. Like, yeah. I don't, there's a lot of movies that are bad, but they're still fun to watch because like, there's still kind of a fun ride or there's enough really dumb shit that it's funny to look at or whatever. This movie is like, it dares you to fall asleep and it dares you to be confused because like, it doesn't, it doesn't actually put itself together in a way that makes sense. And it doesn't offer you enough footholds for you to care. And I I do think that the you know the feeling that this guy is a villain is like they they leaned into it while also trying to convince us he was a hero and they didn't actually like tell us any as you were saying Austin I don't think they told us any useful information about the characters in this movie at all right like I, I don't know anything about them no yeah. I know no. that one's a vampire and now two are vampires right when when girl gets like killed at the end. Like whenever he's like, oh, no, Martine, I was like, I literally don't care. Yeah, yeah. This is because ne- this he is doesn't nothing. care either. I mean, yeah. he barely we forget about it immediately after there's not they, they kiss once, though. They do kiss. Yeah. yeah. But but the movie doesn't take any time for anything that is not just the absolute boilerplate plot. Yeah. And so you're left with not with just nothing. Please. Don't pay to see this movie. No, no. We saw it in IMAX. 
we've paid enough for about 30 of you, I think, like in terms mm-hmm. of actual value. I, I, I beg of you, please don't support this film. If you see it, see it on streaming platform later, long time from now, like on Hulu or whatever, when it shows Pirate up on Hulu. This movie. <laughs> yeah, download LimeWire, download this movie. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the risk of, of having this episode be extra crazy long, I don't know. Shane, do you have anything for us today? Hello! Hello and welcome! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> welcome to this week's uh, Fuck, Mary Kill. Where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. There's a lot of trash. There's a whole bunch of trash this week. But mm-hmm. I did come up with I did come up with some things, some things that we could talk about. Your Good. first contender today, your very first contender today is... Morbius. Morbius okay. himself. Okay, Dr. Michael. Morbius. Pre, Dr. Michael. Pre or post serum? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, as, <laughs> just as a whole, Michael Morbius. Okay. Uh, your, your second contender today is Jared Leto as the Joker. Oh, uh. no. Okay. So you have Jared Leto as Morbius, and then you have Jared Leto as the Joker. And last, and certainly not least, you have... Jared Leto is Jared Leto. Oh, I mean, kill all three, definitely. Absolutely, <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> that is unfortunately not an option. Shane, I can't believe you would do this. I mean, I definitely can. I mean, you, well, made, you made me talk about fucking a pile of garbage once. So. <laughs> I, did, I did, I did, I did. And you're doing it again. I ha um, ha <laughs> Depending on which one you pick, I think one of them is the clear winner as like marriage material. Really? Is it Morbius? Yes. No. Then I don't understand you. <laughs> Talk to me. Who do you marry? I, I think you marry just Jared Leto by himself. Oh. I think you marry just Jared Leto as as Jared Leto. Oh, that sounds oh, awful. No, I don't think and so. And the the thing is, like, he would always talk to you about his band the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah unless he's he's being unless he's method acting and being really creepy <laughs> <laughs> sorry honey sometimes i accidentally method act back into the joker Ugh. Ugh. i'll try not to Ugh. do it in the bedroom next time i i'm i'm not going to marry jared leto the person no i don't think so but I am going to marry Morbius. I don't think there's any other option for me. I'm going to marry Michael Morbius. Woo, that's a lot of M's. Because, I mean, he's pretty, you know, he's cut. You know, he's well, kind of, and, and it, there, there are hints of him being at times a tender, a tender soul. Yeah, and, and times, maybe a decent person. You know, and maybe his little stinky pinky uh, <laughs> can. Uh... He's pretty talented <laughs> with that pretty little stinky pinky. <laughs> oh, we like Daddy Stinky Pinky. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Just as an aside, that moment again where he yeah. says those words in mm-hmm. sequence. <laughs> what version? What character is that? Because that is not a character we've seen the rest of the movie. No, that version of Michael Morbius does not exist in the rest he of the was, movie. He was pretending to be like a weird street person. Maybe to to scare those guys, right? That was like a weird like persona, like a persona he or something. Yeah, but 
It was it, his it Persona Five. It does. That's okay. <laughs> but then he, uh, he's like Joker. He like audibly breaks a lot of hand bones. And then as the guy runs away, he mumbles to himself like, eh, six weeks into my ibuprofen, you'll be fine. I don't know, dude. I don't think that's correct, actually. I don't think that works. Yeah. Are you a doctor? I am a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess okay, I have to an answer this thing so we can go home. Um, Andy, Andy has swayed me. I kind of want to marry. I kind of want to marry Morbius now. Okay, okay. I. But that version, the stinky pinky one. <laughs> I think. I think I have to. I'm gonna say, fuck Morbius. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kill Jared Leto. <gasps> you marry wait. the Joker? No, wait, hold on, hold on. No, no. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, 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 I know, no. What Mary, Mary Morbius? No, Mary Morbius, kill Jerry Leto, and fuck the Joker. Um, because if I had to choose, uh, I just I don't like Jared Leto as a person <laughs> more than I don't like Joker? Jared Leto as the Joker. And I think I think I could handle a night, a wild night. Whoa! With the clown prince be, of crime, it it would <laughs> be wild. It you would know, be wild. he's damaged, right? That's yeah. I heard that from his a, forehead. Yeah, it's a forehead tattoo. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have to kill the Joker and fuck real Jared Leto. Because in the same vein, I think that I could do one night with Jared Leto in the way that I worry about what happens as ramifications of that night with the Joker. Because the Joker <laughs> well, you know, is I'll, terrifying. I'll report back. Yeah, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Austin walks in just covered in clown makeup and missing you know a limb. I got and he's like, you scars? know what? <laughs> <laughs> Shane, you're marrying Morbius. What do you do outside? Well, hang on. Hang on. Okay. All right. You're changing your mind again. You're going to marry the Joker, you little nasty bitch? (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely not. He's literally the worst. Mr. Um, J. (sighs) I I do. I do marry Morbius. I marry Morbius and I kill normal jared leto and i also sex the joker but 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 stipulation i only top the joker okay Okay. because i am terrified of what bottoming from for him (laughs) that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying it's so scary yeah yeah getting intimate with the joker is like absolutely terrifying and i'm really yeah i'm i I hope you two are okay. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Y'all, thanks for hanging out with us for so long. I hope that this will serve as enough of a curiosity (laughs) slaker for anyone listening so that they don't feel like they ever have to actually go see Morbius ever in their lives. Yeah, and I really hope this doesn't inspire you to be more curious to see it because... truly. Yes, it shouldn't. If if we if we gave you that vibe, it was accidental uh, and probably born out of our desire to make 
each other feel better about the traumatic experience we uh, we had after a good night of Korean barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yes. went into a theater and did that for an evening. So please, please don't actually see this movie. Uh, but if you do, please tell us all about it in the Discord because <laughs> I think Misery loves company even though we're trying to tell you not to become Misery's company. Uh, this has been, I, I guess, an 80s bonus issue of <laughs> The Infinite Backlog, all about <laughs> the best movie totally in the MCU. So thank you. <laughs> thank you all. April <laughs> Fools, you little sausages. <laughs> thank you, Austin, for joining us in a pinch for this yeah. experience. Yeah, I was happy to join. And that's all I got for you today. <laughs> Bye. April Fools, I, was not, I wasn't happy to join. Oh. <laughs> Damn.